You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet. In the show that talks about everything, I am here today on October 1st, 2021, a Friday, episode 156 of season 3, 221 of this podcast, wanting so much for us to stop oppressing one another. Is that too much to ask? I think it would be really very fine if we would stop oppressing one another. I've got an article up on my right-hand screen from theblaze.com. Chris Pandolfo writes, YouTube on Thursday restored the Ron Paul Institute channel after mistakenly removing it for violating its community guidelines, the company said. Responding to a tweet from former Texas Congressman Dr. Ron Paul announcing that his channel had been removed apparently without warning, YouTube said its enforcement action was a mistake and quickly corrected the error. Earlier, Paul tweeted he was, quote, very shocked that YouTube has completely removed the channel of my Ron Paul Institute, end quote. The popular libertarian host of the Ron Paul Liberty Report said the channel was removed without warning strikes nor evidence of wrongdoing. Quote, only explanation was severe or repeated violations of our community guidelines. Channel is rarely used. The appeal was automatically rejected. Help? End quote. So what's striking here is that Ron Paul is a feature. He is a feature of American politics, and he has been for quite some time. He's been elected to office, more specifically to Congress, 12 times. And he has been a candidate for president several times. Libertarian more than Republican per se. Ron Paul is someone with whom I disagree on a number of things. For instance, interventionism. He seems to take the view, from everything I've heard, that American intervention abroad is the cause of all of our troubles internationally. If we would just stop fighting other people's wars, stop engaging in fights that are not really directly, obviously, explicitly international self-interest, People in other countries around the world would stop hating us so much and we would have a lot more peace and a lot more prosperity. That's the way I take him. So he's not my favorite. I know a lot of folks really like him a lot, a lot. He's got some good ideas. He's got principles. I think on the conservative side of the equation, he is the equivalent in terms of small government, to Bernie Sanders as a socialist on the left. So then, his channel being taken down, supposedly by mistake, is very alarming. The fact that they reinstated it, okay, great. But 
they've jerked the chain. It's a shark bump. It's a way of saying, you know, we could, we certainly could do this. And it just highlights the fact that you have activists, left-wing activists, radical leftist activists at these big tech giants, in these big tech giants. I personally believe that these big tech giants anymore are themselves writ large left-wing activists. And it's more rare for you to find truly independent, politically moderate, much less conservative folks in these companies. And when you do find them, they have to keep things under wraps for fear of termination, reprisal, being blacklisted. But I saw this yesterday and I was just blown away because the conversation I had been having at the dinner table with my children was on this very topic. Before I saw the news that his channel had been deleted without warning, his appeal was rejected immediately without explanation. I had been having a conversation with my sons, primarily my daughter to a lesser extent, my wife at the dinner table talking about how, you know, I know some of you guys, you think having a social media career in the future sounds really cool. One of my sons, I won't say which one, but one of my sons would like to be a YouTube creator, a YouTuber. And I think the reasons why he wants to be a YouTuber are very similar to why I wanted to be a Lego designer when I was his age, because he is deriving benefit from watching other people do this YouTube thing. And they seem to do quite a lot of it. They seem to do pretty well at it. And I'll just do that. And the trouble is, and and I feel bad for bursting his bubble in any regard and explaining this to him. The trouble is that based on how things are right now, compared with when I was his age, compared to growing up in the internet age, as it was just taking off, really, when he is my age, the age that I am now, unless something drastic happens to change the trajectory, you won't be able to say anything meaningful, significant from a religious, philosophical, political standpoint. You won't be able to say anything significant or influential or different. And if you do, if you dare say something that is outside of orthodoxy, that challenges the ideas of the left, you will be deplatformed. China's got this thing, the social credit score, wherein if you do something that the community considers less than fantastic, you do something that they disapprove of, the community around you disapproves of, they can report you, and this will be counted against your social credit score. If you criticize the government, this will be counted against your social credit score. And where the social credit score comes in is in your ability to travel within the country, outside the country, booking tickets to events, booking a flight, hopping on a train, using 
public transport. The idea that us saying something that disagrees with our government might cause our ability to communicate on the internet to be eliminated is very, very concerning. It's entirely antithetical to this country's founding principles, to our constitution, to our bill of rights. It's entirely antithetical to the idea of limited government, maximum self-government, maximum liberty. And the irony here is that Ron Paul has been elected to Congress 12 times. He's run for president. If he's not safe from blatant left-wing big tech activism, censorship, if he's not immune to that, none of us are. At least Ron Paul has a, a big microphone, and if there wasn't a stink raised about it, his channel would still be gone. But because he is a big-time politician, he's well-known, when he says, please help, here's the story. He has a good reputation, even though I disagree with some of his ideas. I think some of his ideas are wrong-headed. He does seem to have integrity, and that's not common. In fact, that's all too uncommon. But if he can have his channel deleted, quote, by mistake, and then reinstated, what hope do the rest of us have if our content is removed? In order to appeal the YouTube business, he had to be able to make use of Twitter. So then what happens when Twitter also, at the same time, decides that that's enough from you, you're gone where is this going? You know, the social credit score in China possibly being implemented before our eyes here in the United States looks a lot like building on the vaccine mandate. I keep seeing headline after headline about how many hundreds of people have been fired by United Airlines or major hospital networks over the vaccine mandate. They refused to get the vaccine. Now they're fired. They're fired, and here's the deal. If they argue their case on social media and try to campaign for a redress of their grievance, the way things look right now, they're deplatformed. Some of the other headlines I'm seeing say that YouTube is going to strictly enforce a hardline stance against quote-unquote anti-vaccine content. The same article from theblaze.com about Ron Paul's channel being removed includes a tweet from Adam Schiff. YouTube's curbing of anti-vaccine content is a strong first step, he says, but this doesn't mark the end of our fight against deadly misinformation. These policies must be enforced and we must keep pushing for other companies to follow suit. What do you say, Amazon and Facebook? And what he means when he tags Amazon in this two days ago, September 29th? What Adam Schiff means when he tags Amazon here is Amazon Web Services. 
the Amazon Bookstore, Amazon Prime. Amazon Web Services runs a great deal of the internet. And so if they all of a sudden are enlisted in this to remove the deplatform content, content creators who have disagreed with the lockdowns, the mask mandates, the vaccine mandates, who have questioned the safety of the COVID vaccine, have pointed out real side effects from the COVID vaccine. If they join in on this, they will be purging the internet of all dissent. That is so thoroughly un-American. Where does one begin? Because they're silencing individual citizens. They're silencing politicians and celebrities. This is draconian. So I tell my sons, you need to come up with another option for how to support yourself. You need to have a, a first plan, a, a primary plan for supporting yourself when you grow up that doesn't involve reliance on big tech and social media. If you want to do those things as an aside, as a hobby, kind of like I do, that's one thing. But I don't even know if you're going to be free to by the time you're my age. I'm sorry to say it's been such an exciting thing seeing this all grow and be a feature. But then because people are wicked and sinful, the license to do just whatever you feel like, whatever you want to express yourself any old way at a certain point in the natural cycle of civilization turns to despotism and oppression and tyranny. So if you go back to the podcast, I, recorded on September 10th. I'm sorry, September 11th, actually, not September 10th. It was 9-11 of this year on Isaiah 3. Isaiah chapter 3 outlines how God is giving over Jerusalem and the kingdom of Judah to judgment because they've rebelled against God. They have flaunted their sin in front of his holy face and so he's giving them over to judgment. And one of the things that God says as he's pronouncing judgment on Jerusalem and Judah, in addition to saying that women rule over them and infants are their oppressors, is that he says, my people oppress one another. My people oppress one another. So every man, his neighbor, is oppressing one another. This is what we're seeing right now. This is what we are seeing right now. I emphasize that because this is not hyperbole and I'm not exaggerating and this is not just a flippant remark. We are oppressing ourselves and one another. When the lockdowns very first started last year, 2020, everybody's freaking out about COVID. I remember here in Colorado, there were stories of families, small families, like husband, wife, mother, father, one, two kids at the park, having the cops called on them, playing in the park by themselves out in the fresh air, playing ball, nobody else around. Cops get called on them because you're supposed to be in your house. What? What? 
Nobody else is around. They're doing about the healthiest thing they could possibly do, being out in the sunshine, getting some vitamin D, getting some exercise, getting some fresh air, exercising. That's really, really good for their immune system in all regards. And they're not hurting anybody. And there's nobody around to get them sick or for them to get sick from. For them to get the cops called on them is oppression. And then you fast forward and who could imagine a year later that vaccines become mandatory, that the president of the United States of America declares this unconstitutional, tyrannical executive order, which insists that all employers with more than 100 employees must mandate vaccination for all their employees. If you have 101 employees versus 99, you have to have all of your employees vaccinated. That's an overreach to say the least, but it's insane that so many employers are willing, ready, enthusiastic to go along with it. Well, part of the reason why they're enthusiastic to go along with it is because people are, people are wicked, people are evil, and we have been in rebellion against the Most High God for some time now. And I strongly believe what we're seeing with social media censorship, with tyranny, everything's got to be mandated. Everything's got to be centrally planned. Don't you dare ask questions, disagree with the official narrative, think for yourself. All of it is a sign of God having given us over to judgment as a nation, as a people. Now, in Isaiah chapter 3, as I talk about back in September 11th, God says, to tell the righteous it will be well with them. And so that's a huge comfort. That's not to be understated. That's a huge comfort. But nevertheless, this is distressing. And so a lot of folks are wondering with this, how do we get out of it? What is the end? If history and the scriptures are any guide, which they are and they must be, our options are repentance, turning away from this, turning back to the Lord, turning away from our sins, pursuing justice, God's justice, Lord's justice, truth, respect for one another, fear of the Lord. Or we're going to tear one another to pieces and we'll be invaded by a foreign power, which will then plunder us. Now, if the latter happens, or rather is happening, which I think it is. I think we are tearing ourselves to pieces right now. Economically, it, you know, explain this to me. How is it that public health is the priority, but you have hospital systems firing nurses and doctors by the hundreds because they refuse to get the vaccine? Trust the science, but we're going to fire healthcare workers. If you can afford to fire healthcare workers in the midst of a so-called pandemic, then it ain't a pandemic, folks. It ain't a pandemic anymore. If you can afford to fire healthcare workers by the hundreds, it ain't a pandemic anymore. You just showed your hand. But then here's where they've got us. Once you have enlisted a certain critical mass of corporations, really all of the legacy media and about half the country, then 
now we're committed. And if we don't know how to repent, well then this is the course we're set on. It's like every movie in which there's a scene on a train, every movie with a scene on a train, there's a fight in the, what do you call it? The engine, the, the locomotive at the front or whatever. The, there's a fight and the brake gets broken or smashed or shot and it doesn't work anymore. And so now this train is going faster and faster and faster and there's always a piece of track missing ahead or it's a dead end ahead or whatever. And the brakes out. And so now these guys are fighting and they're fighting really, really fast, but the train's not going to stop or slow down. And so your only option is to fight this guy until you can get away from him and jump off the train. Otherwise you're going to die. Everybody's going to die. Good guy, bad guy. They're all going to die. Once this train hits, it's terminus. And when we don't know how to repent, that's what we're like. We're like the train with a broken brake. Sometimes the train needs to stop and go the other direction. And if it refuses to, well then destruction, disaster. But you get a people oppressing one another, oppressing themselves. And at a certain point, bets on China. China is the one to beat in terms of who is going to take us over if they haven't yet. We have sports leagues and media companies and manufacturing held hostage by China. Because all China has to do is say, you want access to our markets? Kneel. Kiss my big toe. Censor this kind of content that we don't want to see on the internet. Taiwan? Yeah, you'd better not say a word about Taiwan or Hong Kong. Or the Uyghurs. Or the Falun Gong. Or how COVID was released by the Wuhan Institute of Virology probably as a bioweapon to create just this outcome. But that can't be explored fully because corporations desire the money that can be made from working with the Chinese Communist Party more than they desire the health, safety, well-being of their own country. They're so blinded by their greed their avarice and they're puffed up with this idea that they're global citizens. They're not Americans. They're citizens of the world now. So they've got to prove to themselves and one another that they're very cosmopolitan and they wouldn't ever dare allow criticism of China because that's racist. How about criticism of communism? Well, that's backwards too. And that's what all of the arguing about racism is coming from. But it grieves me to see now at least two of my children have their dreams upended already so young. You know, one of my sons for a few years was saying that when he grew up, he wanted to be a police officer. And then you get the George Floyd business and you get the all cops are bastards business. 
and you get the F the police business and you get this systemic racism nonsense. You know, my son loves people, social butterfly, very sweet, very considerate. His dream was, I am convinced to be a public servant as a police officer. And then all of this nonsense where it's open season on police and the media is piling on, the legacy media is piling on any chance they get to try and malign law enforcement, they take it. Law enforcement is the problem. There's some good guys maybe, oh, don't you dare say that. Don't you dare say that there are some good cops in some quarters. And next thing you know, without his explaining it, without his even necessarily understanding why, my son doesn't want to be a police officer anymore when he grows up. How sad is that? Not to say that he was always going to want to be a police officer when he grew up, but there's a lot of young people that thought years ago, police officers are heroes. First responders are heroes. 9-11-2001, first responders were heroes. Running into burning buildings they knew could collapse any moment to try and get innocent people out. And where we're at right now, if the first responders are white, well then it's white supremacy. It's systemic racism. Now, another son, he's got a dream of being a YouTube artist, a YouTuber, if you will. And I have to tell him, you're very free-spirited and you like to communicate and you like to express yourself and you like to think out loud. And what we're seeing right now is going to make that extremely difficult, if not impossible, if something doesn't change in the next few years before you you get to be my age. You see rival platforms try to get their start, but then they really can't get traction because you have monopoly, anti-competitive conglomerates running the show. And you have leftist politicians and regulators in bed with these monopolies, benefiting directly from a very pernicious, subtle kind of fraud being perpetrated during elections when they're trying to advance their social agenda, their political agenda, their policies. And so I have to tell my son, you know what? You need to find something else, some other way of supporting yourself, first and foremost, in case that just can't happen. Because let's say all your eggs are in the basket of being a YouTuber and you say one little thing that you don't think is a big deal. You didn't even realize that was offensive. But because there's no statute of limitations, because the rules are constantly changing, somebody goes back and they find, if you're successful, if you're not successful, well, then you really need to find a different avenue. But if you are successful, somebody goes back Some malicious rival goes back and they catch something that you said that transgresses the ever-changing rules of the game of cancel culture. The ever-moving target lands on your back one day. 
and you're like Ron Paul. Your channel's gone now. It's deleted just like that. There it goes. And it would be one thing if the rules were fixed. But when the rules change on the fly, arbitrarily, and everybody's happy to just go along with it or they're too afraid to not, it's impossible to know how to be safe. And that's the idea. It's a kind of terrorism. It's a psychological ploy to make you unstable, to terrorize you into compliance. In the physical world, it's like Antifa throwing Molotov cocktails into cop cars, smashing store windows and running out the door with a TV, kicking a young man or young woman to death because they dared to disagree with quote-unquote anti-fascist talking points. Really Marxist, Marxist uh, radical ideology, anarchist ideology on its way to communist ideology. This is the online equivalent of that. And because we've forgotten how to repent, and because even on the conservative side, even on the pushback side of this, the best I'm hearing from the loudest voices with the biggest microphones is that anything which infringes on our liberty must be opposed. Well, not so fast. It's not liberty in the abstract. These folks who are the most popular, who have the biggest microphone, represent a muddied way of looking at our freedom, not knowing really where it comes from or what supports it, not having a foundation that's firm. It's a house that's built on sand, and the storm is here. And so all I can tell you is from Isaiah chapter 3, tell the righteous it will be well with them. Get right with God, really. It's as simple as that. Get right with God because it will be it will be well with the righteous. It will be well with the righteous and it won't be well with anybody else. The break's out. We're picking up speed. Yes, Ron Paul's channel is reinstituted, but so what? It's funny how these mistakes never happen to Democrats and socialists and communists, do they? I notice YouTube doesn't make mistakes accidentally deleting Adam Schiff's online presence, Nancy Pelosi's online presence, Chuck Schumer's online presence, Joe Biden's online presence. You know, the past dozen times I've gone to Instagram just because I get a notification. Somebody liked a photo I had posted. My wife sent me something on there. The past dozen times I've been to Instagram, within 30 seconds of beginning to scroll through my feed, I've got something from the White House and their marketing, their talking points, which are always lies, coincidentally. It's funny how the Democrats never seem to have these accidents happen to them. How about that? I got to run though. It's a Friday. I'm going to get to work. I'm going to go do my job. As always, Thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. 
For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegerdashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.